there, friends. I'm Katie. Welcome to the She Laughs podcast. It is my hope that you find Christ-centered encouragement here to live your life in such a way that you laugh fearlessly at the future. Today, I'm dialoguing. I'm wait. I'm I'm monologuing, I guess, because it's just me about thinking biblically on rest and work. I I'm most specifically talking about the context of passing on a work ethic and a rest ethic to our kids. But even if you don't have children, I think you'll enjoy hearing some thoughts from Scripture about how we ought to think about our work and our rest. So the other day I was doing some housework and I looked at my little munchkins and I thought to myself, you know, I bet they could help me with some stuff around here. They're they're getting older. I bet that they can do some chores. And so began my hunt for the perfect chore chart and several weeks of musing about how to teach my children to do chores. But here's the thing. I don't want to be the kind of mom that nags at my children to do things around the house. I don't want to be the kind of mom that my kids like hide from lest I bestow a task upon them. And I don't want them to feel like they're free labor. Here's where it really gets gritty. I don't want to guilt them with subtle hints that make them feel like they are burdens to me. You know what I mean? That attitude of like, I do a whole lot for you around here. It's time you pulled your weight and do something for this family. That's actually super hypocritical because I'm trying to teach them that their work should be done for the glory of God and love of others. And here I am grumbling with these throwaway comments and under the breath remarks about how I do so much for them and they don't do anything for me. Oh, that's so convicting. I don't want to do that. I want to think well about work and rest. Housework is something we all have to do pretty much every day. We have to figure out how to tend the space that God has given us, what we're going to do with our dishes, how we're going to get our laundry done. Since it's part of our everyday world, the way we handle it contributes to our family culture. And I still want our home to be a place of peace that I want this issue to be brought under the subjection of Christ. I want to do it his way. So how do I teach my kids to work biblically and to rest biblically? It's really easy to preach the value of hard work. But as I've alluded to already, I think it's important that we teach our kids the value of quality rest. I don't want them to feel guilty about enjoying the fruit of their hands or leisure. I don't want them to be tied to the value of their work. I'll get into that a little bit more later, but I think work and rest are are both important to talk about with our kids and to have a biblical uh, framework on for ourselves. So with all these thoughts rolling around in my head, I do, I did what I do when I feel kind of overwhelmed. I made a, I made a list and I tried to make it into a little pretty infograph Um, and I laminated it and put it on my refrigerator so that when I feel like being a grumpy mom and demanding more chores out of my kids or, um, I don't know, just fussing at them for making a mess that I can just kind of have something to quickly remind myself, no, 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 this is how we think about work and rest in the counting home. It was really fun and it was refreshing to me for myself just to think well about work and rest. If you have littles, you might find it really useful. If you don't, maybe this will just help you think well about how Christ informs all things in life, even our housework. So here we go. How do we think biblically first about work? Number one, we care for our home because it is a gift from God to be enjoyed unto his glory. I just realized I uh, I forgot to say I didn't do anything fancy to teach my kids this. I just after I made the list and got it all prepared, 
I just sat down with them for a couple of mornings in a row. And for about five to 10 minutes, we went through the points that I wrote out that I'm sharing with you here. And we went through the Bible verses that go along with them. And I just talked with them about it, asked them some questions, tried to think of ways to um, teach this to them in a way that they could understand. But really, it was just a starting point for things that I want to continue to work with them on the future. So just to be clear, it was nothing fancy. It was just a couple of days of talking about what the Bible has to say about working and resting. So here we go. Number one, like I said, we care for a home because it's a gift from God. The day I started this, it was actually perfect. Daniel, uh, the kids had made Daniel and I coloring. They colored something for us that morning. And I asked them, how would you feel if I threw that in the trash? And they were both highly insulted that I would even suggest that. But it was a great lesson for them because I said, well, when we neglect what God gives us and the gift of our home that he's provided for us, when we don't take care of it, it's kind of like it's thankless. We're, we're not appreciating what he's given us when we don't care for it well. We went over James 1, 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights. And in our home, we want to live thankful for what God has given us. And part of that thankfulness includes taking care of what God has given us in our home. We also care for our home so that we can use it to bless others. Uh, This right here should be my motivation for preparing for company. I'm so guilty of this though. I run around my house like a mad woman before company comes over, not because I want them to be served by rest and comfort and beauty, but so that I can be served by their high opinions of my housekeeping, which is kind of funny because I'm not Martha Stewart. I've talked about this in previous episodes, but we try to involve our kids when people come over. And part of that involvement includes preparing ahead of time for our home to be neat and comfortable so that people have a place to sit. I think it's totally fine for people to see that you live in your home, but it's nice to be able to have a beautiful space to invite people into. And I think that's a great thing to teach our kids. 1 Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. That's pretty straightforward. Let's use the gift of our home to serve others. Number three, we care for our home to fill the earth with beauty and order. Chaos to order. That's really the gospel, isn't it? God invades our mess and our sinfulness and our yuckiness, and he brings beauty and order into what would otherwise be so ugly. Now, while the curse was a pretty major plot twist, the command to subdue the earth is still a thing that we find in Genesis, right? And when I see my housework as a way to push back the curse, to bring beauty into chaos, it's a lot more energizing than thinking about it as in the way of my leisure, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, It's a much more exciting way to live and it, it just blesses me and hopefully others when I think about work this way. A funny story about beauty out of chaos and blessing others with order. My neighbor, Allison Watson, or my former neighbor, um, she had the unique privilege of seeing my home at its absolute worst. We were traveling for the holidays, so we decided to celebrate our family Christmas early, and we went all out. Mid-morning, there was wrapping paper everywhere, um, new toys all over the place. I had made a late breakfast, but it didn't go well. It turned into this big fiasco. Our waffle maker maker died and everyone was hungry. So I just shoved it all out of the way (laughs) and started, I don't know, I made pancakes or something. Um, 
and and it was just it was just bad. It was just chaos. And in the middle of all that, I heard Evelyn outside crying. Nate and she were outside with their dad hanging up a new swing that they had opened that morning. And I just got this gut feeling that it wasn't a normal injury. It was just a certain cry. Something was like extra wrong. (laughs) Well, she had fallen and split her head open on a trimmed tree branch, the stump that was left over, um, gashed her head and she was fine, but it definitely needed to, it was more than we could handle. We needed to bring her to the emergency room to um, get stitches or something. So, um, now Allison has three girls who play hard. She has a medical background. So I sent Nate over, go get Mrs. Allison. And she looked at Evelyn. Oh yeah, that's going to need some stitches. She took Nate and we went off to the ER. Now, along with the stress of Evelyn being upset and then the nurses telling me I'm not a medical person at all. So they're telling me that they're going to staple her head. And I'm like, she's not Frankenstein. What are you talking about? You're going to staple my baby back together. But they talked me into it. I thought, well, maybe stitches would be better, but they're like, those will be faster and less painful and less dramatic. So anyways, um, I just had this lingering dread the whole time. What am I going to do about that mess when we get home? Like we're already stressed out and uh, it was like this cloud over my head. And I was like, eh, we'll, we'll deal with it when we get there. Well, by the time we got home, Allison and her girls had cleaned up our entire living room and our kitchen. They'd done all of the dishes and it was beautiful. And the refreshment and the order that came into my really, really stressful day was such a blessing. I have zero regrets about how we wildly celebrated Christmas that morning, but boy, was it humbling to have a personal emergency in the middle of that absolute mess. Well, whenever I think about beauty, blessing others, and being a refreshment and bringing order out of chaos, this story comes to mind. When I'm trying to work with my own kids and our home, um, I try to, like, I, one of the things I say to my daughter sometimes is like, hey, can you help me make the living room beautiful again? And that's just like a small way of saying, instead of like, hey, clean up the living room, put the pillows back on the couch. It just helps her remember that like, there's a purpose to what we're doing here. I don't do that every time, but I try to include this vocabulary in the way I talk about housework so that I can um, pass on this important responsibility we have and privilege we have as Christians to image the gospel and bring um, beauty into mess. Uh, Number four, uh, we care for our home because we need to build skills that prepare us for the next step in life. Mostly this one exists on my chart because I want my kids to know how to do their laundry when they leave the house. But as I started thinking about it, there's lots of things that I want to work on to improve my skill set as a as a homemaker. My newest thing is learning how to paint and refinish furniture. I have some pieces in my home that are really solid, um, but they're really distressed would be a nice way to say it. Not like cute Joanna Gaines distressed. Uh, like they they need they need to be sanded down and restained or painted. And so, hey, it's time for me to learn some new skills. Proverbs 4.29 says, do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. We never know how small things are going to turn into something big, especially as our kids move on to their next stages in life. And then the last thing that I discuss with my kiddos, We do chores to serve and bless the members of our family. My mom and dad, I really appreciated this. They never let us say to each other as siblings, you made that mess, you clean it up because they felt like it was unkind. And I I really agree with that. 
Uh, Now, I think there's a place to teach personal responsibility for choices. That's an important lesson. But the attitude of you're on your own here, you made that mess. Yeah, I'm not judging it. That does not communicate love. So I actually don't let my kids say that to each other. In our home, I want them to help each other because that's how we bless each other. Uh, My daughter gets some kind of thrill out of making her brother's bed. I don't know how this arrangement came to be, but she regularly does it for him. And I think she just enjoys the satisfaction of a well-made bed. Technically, it's his chore, but she loves to take responsibility for it. And you know what? I'm going to let her until until I get the idea that her brother is coercing her or trying to get out of his own work. I'm going to overlook it and and let her serve her brother like that because that's one of the major reasons that we do chores in our home. Like I said above, I don't want to just teach my kids about work and not teach them about rest because they go hand in hand. There's a real tendency to preach to ourselves and then pass on to our kids that hard work is like the ultimate good. Proverbs applauds diligence and speaks poorly of the sluggard and the lazy man. And yet we have to rest. We would die without sleep. And God even tells us in the Ten Commandments to take a day of rest. Now, to be honest, my kids are really, they're really fine with leisure and having fun. They don't really struggle to take time to rest. Um, but as they work at their school um, and grow in their academic knowledge, and as they learn skills like instruments and sports, I want to be really careful to teach them that their value is not tied to their performance. Um, this is going to bleed into areas of their life as they grow. I know I struggled a lot growing up feeling like my grades and my skill as a musician is what defined me. And if I didn't excel, I wasn't valuable. I'm hoping that some early dialogue helps them to avoid that pitfall. So we spent some time talking about rest. Number one, we accept rest as a gift from God. If you camp out in Psalm 23, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. If you never lie down or be still, how will you experience the restoration that Christ gives us? God gives rest to his children, most fully in a spiritual sense. When we just rush through life and we don't stop to enjoy the gift of rest, we're literally crowning out a gift from our Lord. Life is full of hard work. The Christian life is spiritually grueling. And there are seasons of life that are very physically demanding. There's the principle of reaping and sowing. It is certainly more satisfying to rest when our rest is a fruit of our labor. But there's no quota given in God's economy that says you must do X, Y, and Z before you can still your heart and enjoy refreshment from the Lord. I know, I I think we all know the difference between enjoying the gift of rest and indulging in laziness. I can't really spell that out for you, what that looks like in your own life. I think frequent heart checks are a great way to assess how we're living in this area. I know for me, I have areas of my life where I tend to be a workaholic and really try to excel sometimes only for my own glory. And then there's other arenas of my life where I'm kind of lazy. I think when the Holy Spirit brings those things up, we repent and we move forward unto his glory. But we need to be careful not to fall for the lie that wholesome leisure and good rest is inferior to work. No, no. Rest is a gift from God. 
Uh, this kind of goes hand in hand, but I made another point out of it just to kind of drive it home to my kids. We rest to enjoy the value that Christ has given our souls, meaning that we don't work to prove our work. We rest in the value that God gives us. Romans 4, 5 says, And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. I realize that in this context, the work that Paul is talking about is um, an attempt to spiritually earn favor from God. But let's be honest. Um, maybe it's just me. But do you ever feel like when you have your act together, your pantry is clean, your living room smells nice, God is just a little more proud of you than that hot mess mom down the road. Of course, we would never say that out loud, but have you ever felt like that before? Or this is always fun. When you are the hot mess mom, do you ever feel like God is up in heaven sighing because, oh my goodness, she just can't handle this life or he's terribly disappointed in you? Well, what does that verse say? We don't work to get God's grace. It's a free gift, and I want my kids to learn as they work at their chores and their skills. They don't need to prove their value. Their value was purchased by Christ. Of course, God is pleasured when his children excel in their callings, but there's nothing that they can do to earn more love from God or make God love them any less. I think that's an important lesson in the context of rest. Finally, uh, we rest to still our hearts before God and enjoy him with others. This March, I got a wicked cold, like spent two days on the couch kind of cold. And it came from my children. And when they were sick on the couch for three days with fevers, I decided, okay, let's try to read something or do something like profitable instead of just watching TV all day. My kids say they like being sick because I don't put limits on their TV time when they're sick. But after two days, I'm looking at them thinking like, okay, you're turning into zombies. We need to do something else. Now, in those quiet moments, it just really hit me that we have to still our life in order to really enjoy the ones we love, including our God. You have to be still in order to really adore the character of Christ. You can't enjoy him to the fullest if you're a frenzied machine 24-7. And how can you nurture the hearts of others if you never stop and really see who God made them to be? We think of this most often with our kids, but even a friend. Have you ever stopped and just thought about a friend that God gave you and just enjoyed who they were and in their presence just marveled in who God made them to be? We don't want to miss that. We need that gift of stillness and quietness. Totally preaching on the choir, excuse me, to the choir on this one because I tend to be really addicted to productivity sometimes. But it is important to have those moments of stillness. It's not real life to think that we can perfectly balance our rest and work. Some seasons demand more work and others allow for more rest. I don't mean by that that we can't come to a place of peace in how we steward our work and rest. But I just want to be really clear that we can't always um, fulfill a specific formula. Seasons of life change what work and rest looks like. And I think that, that that's okay. But hopefully these thoughts have been a blessing to you and they will help you as you navigate the work and rest of your own life. And then as you pass on these lessons to your kids, thank you so much for listening today.